friends and welcome to another episode of Social Scoop. This is a podcast by your social mate, hosted by Kay Boos, Kristen Bousquet, me. And I'm so excited that you're here because every week, I swear, we have more and more news to talk about. I realized that if Instagram ever stops putting out all of this news, I'm out a podcast. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that they keep coming out with all of these updates. However, a lot of the updates, uh, especially the ones that we're going to talk about today, are actually really cool. And again, I'm very excited about this. Of last week, I feel like we actually had a lot of really good updates as well. So I'm hoping that the good updates stay rolling in and the bad ones can just stay fucking off. So let's dive into the updates that I want to talk about this week. I actually have some updates as well as some cool new features of another app that I want to talk about. First things first, Instagram is releasing badges for all eligible accounts. Now I am not 100% sure what would qualify something as a quote eligible account. However, it seems to me that any business or creator profiles should be able to get the badges feature. If you're not sure yet or you've never heard of badges, basically what the badges feature is, is a way for your audience to essentially send you a tip for going live on Instagram. So if you go live on Instagram, right when you're about to go live, you will see a button on the left hand side there that says badges. And when you click on badges, it will let you enable them. And what will happen once you go live, your audience will be able to quote, tip you or buy a badge for, I think it's 99 cents, $1.99 and $4.99. And it would basically be like, you know, thanks for the information. Here's two bucks, go, uh, you know, buy yourself half a coffee or something. But I will say, I remember this originally was available for just certain accounts when it was first you know, they first had the idea of it. And when that was happening, they were not taking any commission out of what these creators were being paid. However, they did mention that that's not always how it's going to be. So my assumption here, and I mean, Instagram is a business, okay, they have to make money too, so I get this. They will probably be taking a commission from all of these people that are using it at this point because they've kind of worked out all of the kinks from all the people who were in that first batch of people who got badges. And my assumption now is that everyone will be starting to get a little bit of a fee taken out of there. However, you know, like, it's probably going to be cents because of the badge amounts that people can buy are already so small, a dollar, two dollars, five dollars. So I can't see it really making like a huge difference in what you're actually being paid out. But I think it's really cool because more people can actually be rewarded for going on Instagram Live. Side note about Instagram Live, I have gone live maybe twice in the last couple of weeks. Just I like to do it every so often. I actually have a lot of fun on lives. And I always go live like around noon just because it's like usually when I have a little lunch break time and I've got some time to spare. And the other day I went live around, it was like maybe 5 or 6 o'clock because I'm thinking, all right, maybe more people are like out of work and coming home and they've got their phone, they're chilling. And I mean, there were like three people in there the whole time. And I was just like sick. I'm pretty much talking to myself. And if you've been on live, you know how awkward that is. <laughs> I will say try out new times. One might be better than the other. But for me, I really like to go live midday. I think it works best for me. And I will not be going live anymore after five o'clock after that experience. So 
there you go. If you're looking uh, to see when you're going to find me on live, it won't be after five. <laughs> so next thing we're going to talk about here is actually something that I am really excited about. I think this is pretty genius and I had a feeling it was coming and I will tell you about my other predictions with this feature. But you can now customize your link sticker text to say whatever you want. So before it was just the website and it was so ugly. We were all putting like text over it and it would say like, you know, in your normal Instagram story text, tap here to, uh, you know, to check out this website or whatever. We were putting it over the sticker button. Now you can actually customize the sticker button so you don't have to do that anymore. So definitely really awesome when you go to send or when you go to put in the link, you actually will see right below it will say like add custom text here. You can change it there. Hallelujah. I feel like this is something they should have just released when this originally came out, but I just take what I can get from Instagram, okay? <laughs> now, my prediction with this link sticker text, because right now you can only have, it's like a see-through kind of version. There's white background with black text and white background with a bluish text. Those are the only ones that I have at this point. I would hope this is my prediction, but I, I'm just mainly putting it out there and manifesting it into the world. Okay, Instagram, if you're listening, you're probably not. If you are, I need you to listen to me and do this. I would love to see some customization options where I can change the background color of the link sticker and change the text on the link sticker and change the freaking text color on the link sticker because I honestly, sometimes they just don't, the colors that they offer just do not go with my my story vibe that I'm putting out there and as a very visual person who likes nice color palettes, it really throws me off sometimes. So my OCD is asking you, let's make this customizable. We're already one step into customizing that link sticker. Let's just go the full the full way there. So I'm hoping that's what happens. But as of right now, you can customize the link sticker text to whatever you want it to say. So Merry Christmas. I think that's pretty amazing. These are some bomb ass updates. Instagram really killed it this week. You can now delete one photo from a carousel without deleting the entire image. Hallelujah! This is amazing. I have needed this so many times and I've been so pissed off because I've had to archive the whole damn thing and I would love to have just deleted one image in there. Or sometimes like if you accidentally click another image and you're like, damn it, and you post it, you already are getting some traction on the post, you don't want to delete the whole thing. Now we have a solution to that issue. So you can go to the post that you want to edit, you hit the edit button, the, the three little dots, you hit edit, you'll scroll to the pic that you want to delete, and then you will hit the little trash barrel in the top left hand corner. It's amazing, really quick and easy. You can do this for anything that's previous that you want to uh, mess around with or anything from this update on. You will be able to edit there, which I think is really great. I'm surprised that this actually took as long as it did to come out. It feels like it should have came out when carousels came out, but again, I don't question anything that Instagram does because it usually doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, I do actually have one other update that's really cool and I didn't really see any like specific like news articles on this or anything, but just as I was using it, I was like, I have to tell my friends about this. So I'm editing a reel 
and typically if you're on TikTok and you're on Reels, you know that TikTok's editing back end is like a thousand times better than Instagram's. It was horrible. Instagram actually just fixed a bunch of shit in there and it's really so much more user friendly. You can like change all the clip links. You can actually sync them with music like you can on TikTok now. So there are a lot of really, really good options for real editing in that Instagram back end now, which I just wanted to mention to you go play around with it see if there's anything in there that will be helpful for you but I will say I definitely had a really great experience with the new editing interface there these are just things that I have had some experiences with in the last week and I wanted to talk to you about them the first one is actually really exciting I just posted a reel about this last on Saturday this past Saturday so if you want to see this visually Go check out my reel, shameless plug. Uh, a brand new Lightroom editing feature. There's actually two of them, and they're both really, really awesome. My friend Sienna originally was the one who posted this on TikTok, and I saw it, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. I've been waiting for this feature my whole life, and it's finally here. So there is one option that I'm most excited about. It is the select subject tool when you're in the masking screen on Lightroom. So you go to masking and then in the bottom right hand corner you'll be able to see a button that I think it's a plus sign you hit it. It shows you select subject and you click on that and it will look at the picture and I think it uses like AI to basically select just the person in the picture which I have been so lazy with editing because so many times I'm like I am not spending the time with my fat ass finger coloring over my face and shit like this literally does it for you it is the easiest thing ever you hit it AI is like body face done and then you can edit just that selection for example I use this where my background was like super blown out and I needed to turn the darkness or the brightness down a lot because it was just too bright in the background but when I did that it made my face also really dark so I selected myself and brightened just myself while the background stayed dark and you could actually see what was going on so really really awesome feature here they also have another option that's in that same masking screen called select sky and with select sky you can select the sky I know that was like a really groundbreaking name for it select sky you can select the sky for example if it's like a really sunny day and the sky is just completely white I always hate that because I feel like it makes my like it takes the fun out of the pictures like you can't see the, the blue of the sky or the clouds or any of that so you can select the sky and selectively edit just that portion like you can with the select subject feature so I will turn the brightness super low or the highlights super low or the white super low in that select sky feature so that I can see more of the background and it's really easy again like one click editing so if you use Lightroom mobile absolutely get on these two new features I will say the select subject feature I know is already on desktops I almost never use Lightroom on my desktop at this point I'm not sure about select sky so someone who's listening is gonna have to let me know about that but the select subject feature is already on the desktop version but these are both on mobile now so 
boom, bang, those are amazing features. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about today, this is actually after I had a TikTok video that popped off this weekend and I got a lot of comments about people who were like, what do I do if a brand doesn't pay me on time? Because I was talking about a brand I was working with. I won't name any names, but I've already complained about them a few times. So if you know, you know. They took like an extra month and a half to pay me for no specific reason. I tracked them down. I had like, you know, all these different emails with them being like, basically, what the fuck? Uh, you guys haven't paid me. I'm not really sure what's going on there. And so they would just never get back to me. Eventually I did get paid, so that worked out well. However, it was a month and a half late, and it was for around $6,000, which I don't know about you, but $6,000 is a lot of money, and I kind of needed it to pay my bills, so I was pissed off. If you're ever in that situation, here is something that you can do to hopefully make it so that situation does not happen anymore. A couple options, actually. And I will say, prefacing what I'm about to tell you, it is not always possible to get these things put in your contract. It should be. However, especially with larger brands, it's not always possible because some larger brands do things the way they like to be, to have them done, and you either, you know, you, you take it on or you don't. So I would say this is always something you should ask about, but do not expect it to get into every single contract. There's just some that are not going to work out. So with that being said, okay, two things that you can do in your contract. First things first, you can put in a clause where you have to be paid 50% of your rate up front. So for example, say you're doing two posts with a brand and you're getting paid uh, $2,000. Before when you sign that contract, when you first sign the contract, basically what they can do is they can make it so you uh, are going to get paid $1,000 then. And then they would make it so you get paid the other $1,000 after the posts, both of the posts have gone live. So that's definitely something that I think is worth asking. So even if you need to say like, you know, I would love to get half the rate up front so that I can have the money for the expenses that are going into this post, that's a really great way to justify it. So, you know, if you need to buy props, you're going to a location, you're traveling, whatever it is, you need that money before you can actually create the post, that's a great way to, to position yourself. So that's one thing you can think about. The other thing would be a late fee clause that goes into your contract. So this would basically say like, if a brand doesn't pay you on time, then they are responsible for a late fee. And that could be any percent that you want it to be. It would basically be a certain percentage or a certain dollar amount. This is if they don't pay me by the time that they need to pay me, then they are also responsible for this fee. And I think a lot of the times that will kind of like scare the brand into just paying on time. And it makes you seem like a lot more legitimate as well because they're like, oh shit, she's not playing around. Like she wants to get paid by a certain date. You know, God forbid, really surprising things here. Unfortunately, in the influencer, creator, freelancer industry, we definitely get the shit under the stick a lot of the times when it comes to payment. Keep those two things in mind. I thought it would be important to mention to you but at the end of the day you have to remember that brand partnerships are a 50-50 partnership and if you are getting taken advantage of you have to speak up because no one is going to speak up for you besides you so if you're ever in a situation where you're uncomfortable you have to be your own best advocate and speak up because that's the only way that things are going to get solved so 
with all of those things being said, we are going to talk business today with my lovely friend Nat who owns Whatever Lola. She started this business probably almost two years ago and she has done just such amazing things. I've loved watching her from afar. She actually started off as an influencer content creator and now she mostly runs her business. Um, but she has a lot of really great products that you would probably love but an even better story and tips and some real life experience that I think you'll get a lot out of. I think you will really enjoy it and I do want to have just you know a shameless plug here to tell you that in just a little over a month we will be redoing the mentorship program completely and our impact to income mentorship will be actually almost more than doubling in price so if you're interested in the program and you've been sitting on it you've been considering it thinking about it this is the time to sign up from now until the end of the year you are going to get the lowest pricing that it's ever going to be and then from there i'm never going back down to where we are today so just some food for thought there and uh yeah so let's get into it here we go here's nat so today I have such a treat for you, my friend Nat, who is here from Whatever Lola. I am so excited to talk to her about a lot of the, the things that she's been through in the last year because the last year for her business has been insane and I'm sure she'll tell you all about it. So Nat, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to get into this chat with you. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> of course. So for anyone who is new to you or new to whatever Lola, um, tell us a little bit a bit, tell us a little bit more about how you got started with whatever Lola and also how you got started because you were an influencer before. So I want to hear the whole story. Okay, yeah. So I'm Nat. I run a small business called Whatever Lola and we sell like handmade jewelry, t-shirts, basically like your one-stop shop for like cute things. And yeah, we me and my boyfriend, we make all of the things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I originally started off like influencing and being a content creator probably like in 2015. And um, I was like super into fashion. I was like, how do these girls like get to get all these free clothes and like take photos? And so like in college, I would like ask all my friends like in between classes, like, can you take a picture of me? Like, and um, they would get annoyed, but they did. And it ended up like being super cool because I got to work with a lot of brands and like it for a while it was like something I was obviously like super passionate about and it was just cool, like getting free stuff and just like being able to be super creative and like photography was such a big thing, like growing up for me, like I loved photography. So just doing that was like incorporating fashion into photography, like it was the best of both worlds, basically. Right. And so after a while, I was like, okay, this is fun, but I kind of wanted to like take it to a different step. Like I wanted to build more of like a community. And I started realizing that like, a lot of it was focused on me and I kind of wanted like to take that aspect away in a sense like I obviously still wanted my brand and my business to be like surrounded about me and like things that I like and things that I love but I wanted it to be less about like how I looked and more about like a product-based or like community-based sort of situation and so that's why I like came up with the idea of opening a small business and yeah, it kind of just went from there I guess it's kind of like how I got started I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah. I want to hear about how you took your business. Like, how did you start your business? Like, where did you actually begin? Like, how did you know what products to sell? But then I also want to hear how you took your business 
from that beginning stage to where it is now? Because you had something really cool happen to you. Yeah, so I I knew I wanted to do like earrings because that was something like universal, like everyone wears earrings. Like it's not necessarily like about size or, you know, different, I don't know. I just felt like earrings, everyone likes earrings. Yeah. And so I started off there because I obviously had to start off small. I couldn't like get into a bunch of different products at once. So I started off with earrings and I started making pom-pom earrings. I remember I like had some yarn like sitting around and my boyfriend came home from work one day and just saw me like making the pom-poms. He's like, okay, what are you doing? Like, this is so crazy. And I was like, no, like, trust me, it's going to work. Like, obviously he was super supportive, but he was just like, never saw me like this. Like, okay, I got to do this. I'm super excited. And so um, I kind of started off there and I had my first launch and I maybe had like five sales and I thought it was like the best day ever and um like all my friends supported me and then they kind of started like posting about it and stuff and that's really what like kind of put like the stepping stones to my business like people don't understand the support that you get from your friends and family when you're first starting off is so important literally because they are the reason that like it gave me the confidence to like want to keep going because I was like, okay, these people support me. Like now I can showcase it to everyone else. And so I started like posting them and they were getting excited. I really feel like when I first started off my business, which I I didn't really step away from, but I definitely want to bring back. But um, in the beginning, I was constantly posting like pictures of my friends and family and kind of showcasing them more than like me being the model. I think a lot of people appreciated that because like, they were able to get like a really fun product but then in return like they were also being showcased like on my website and I would do like fun little facts about them or like just like interesting stuff about them um so yeah that's kind of how I like went from there and then I so my business was growing growing and like it was it was at a pretty like good rate I guess you could say but then TikTok came around (laughs) and I was like okay I really like I love making like videos like in high school I used to always I was in a CTV class so basically like okay. we would um do like news but also like funny videos for our uh, weekly special for our whole school to watch and so I was like TikTok like that's so cool I don't know I just always wanted to do like little videos and little skits and stuff so I started on there and I posted a few and this was like when TikTok was very it just like just started so not yeah. a lot of people were on there and it was really easy to like get discovered and be on the for you page and so I started making a few and I literally think I got like 30,000 followers within like two months and I was like what is this because I had (laughs) I had like less than 10k on my Instagram and it had taken me like months oh yeah exactly yeah so TikTok being like such a fast-paced thing I was like oh my gosh and it was really cool because I was able to drive like the audience on TikTok over to my um, Instagram, which was like my main portfolio of like, here's what I have to offer from my shop. Right. So I have a lot to thank TikTok for. Like, it's been super cool. Definitely slowed down a little, but I can't complain because it definitely like gave me the confidence um, at the time when it first came out. And yep. So did you have like one viral video that got you all these followers? Or it was just like a lot of really good videos that like you kept getting a lot of traffic from or was there like just one that really did it? I don't think, I can't say that there was one, but I definitely did at the beginning post a lot of like 
if you're starting your business, here's what you need. So I did a lot of like, okay, here's all the packaging stuff that you need. And here's where I buy it. And here's where you get um, this and that. Because I think at the time, this was around, I think it was like at the begin beginning of COVID and a lot of yeah. people like lost their jobs and they were like staying home and like staying home with their kids and stuff. And they were like, I want to start a business too. So I think like people really looked at my videos as like, oh, if she can do it, so can I. And she's literally giving us yeah. step by step um, information. So like, why not take that, you know? So I think, I don't think it was like specifically one video, but more or less like just a bunch of videos that people saw as like um, educational. Resource. So yeah, yeah, like you are more than just the people on TikTok that are like, here's my cute stuff. You should buy it, you know, like you're a resource and it's almost like maybe people wanted to like thank you and so they were like oh my gosh okay well I'm gonna go buy something from her shop because she's been so helpful and that probably helped you connect with people so much more you know again like I see people on TikTok who are just like here's my stuff you should buy it but like then they don't really like give you anything that's gonna make you connect with them but I'm sure you being like I'm a small business owner who just started too if I can do it you can do it let's do it together probably really helped build your community so much more yeah I think you have to kind of do a balance of both where it's kind of like content pillars but more of like for um like small business owners specifically I feel like you have to have a really big balance of both of like entertaining and educational but also like yeah you can do a flat lay or you can do like here's my products but if you don't have both I feel like for me personally I just feel like it's really hard to like um find success, especially in social media. I mean, you can sell, anyone can sell, but I think if you're trying to have a brand and try to make things super personal and try to have an audience and a community that connects with you, I definitely think you have to be educational and quote unquote entertaining, whatever it means to you. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. You have to provide some sort of value, you know, like, and, and a community, like it does have to definitely be a really good balance of both, whether you're a small business or you're an influencer, you know? Um, so how, how much of your sales before you had this kind of like big blow up on, on TikTok, like I'm assuming most of it was coming from like friends, family, maybe some from Instagram. Where did you notice, like, when did you notice that, holy shit, like TikTok is really like blowing up my business right now. Like, I'm sure there came a point where you were like, all right, I don't even know how I'm going to like make all this stuff. And it must've gotten like overwhelming once you blew up there like how did you even handle all of that yeah it definitely was like around fall of last year or like maybe it was summer actually I think it was August I think August 1st we had our first like big restock so basically how my shop works and well it does still work this way but we we kind of take like a break well we'll have one big restock and then um we'll fulfill all the orders and then kind of take a little break and then restock again and it gets people really excited and not only is it like a marketing hack but it's also like we really 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 need that <laughs> like we yeah. make everything because we literally make everything by hand so it gets people super excited to be like okay i get to go on the website and hopefully grab something um right but i think around last like last year um august 1st i definitely think like there was a time where we had a sale and like we literally made as much like in one night that i had made in like all the markets that i had done like in the past and like it was just such a surreal moment because like i'd never experienced anything like that before yeah. and just 
people just being so excited about something that you work so hard on and put like so much of your time like people don't understand like this is my life like I pour everything into this and when I finally saw that and it's not even just like the numbers it's more of like literally the numbers of how many people ordered things not even like the dollar signs right. like it yeah, was just the exactly. amount of people that had ordered I was just like picturing everyone in a room like wearing our stuff I'd be like that's so cool so yeah there definitely was a time where I was like wow this is crazy um how we handled it I really don't know sometimes sometimes I wake up and I'm like I don't know how to handle things because it is it gets really hard like time managing yeah. that is something I want to work on <laughs> but um no it's just really cool it's just really awesome to have support from people that right. like, you don't even <laughs> yeah exactly and I mean also I'm sure that I mean you're a Capricorn so I'm sure this was easier for you than it might be for other people because like you know you you definitely have those qualities of like you know you're you're very productive you work hard you know like and not not everyone possesses that so a big overwhelming influx of orders maybe was a little bit more manageable for you than it could be for some people so it's good that you had that on your side. I know I'm a fellow Capricorn. So, and I love like productivity and work and all of that. So when I, whenever I get a bunch of orders, I'm like, yes, I get to go pack all this stuff. And yeah, it's a cool feeling for sure. Um, so you and your boyfriend, you work together on whatever Lola, right? Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I want to hear about his part in your business, but I also want to hear if you have any tips for working with significant others, because I think a lot more people are doing it now. I know Andrew helps a lot with, with my business. Um, so many other, you know, Instagram boyfriends, Instagram girlfriends, like it's kind of a thing now. So do you, do you have any tips for working together? And I also want to hear a little bit about what he does for the business. Okay, so what he does is he is like our main designer, I guess you could say. And well, he his um, background is graphic design, so he actually he's actually having an internship with um, one of this like really famous guy at, at Disney right now. So I'm super proud of him. Very but cool. Love to go like work for Disney, but also work for me. I told him he's like, oh, like you can't leave me. Um, but yeah, he definitely does all of our graphic design and he screen prints everything. So for those who don't know, like when you see a design on a shirt, it can either, there's like different ways to do it, but the main way that we do it is screen printing. So he like literally does like manual labor of like screen printing. It's really intense, um, but he does that. And he also makes like all the pom poms. <laughs> oh literally my gosh. Yeah, he puts together like all the pom-poms. I'm like the main like packer and sewer yeah I do a lot of other things but he definitely does a lot so I'm super thankful for him um but as far as like working together it's I definitely don't have like a formula I definitely don't have we don't have it all together like there are times where we're like thicker and also like just butt heads because it's just like such a it can be really stressful like we talked about earlier like it's just it can be a lot um but I think like my best advice would be like scheduling out time for business and scheduling out time for like your own life and your personal life together as a couple because we live together we work together we live under the same roof together like we do we spend so 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 much time together so like really being like okay this is not time for work like this is time to relax this is time to watch a movie this is time to go out to eat like this is time to just not focus on work because I think when you do so much at the same time it can get very overwhelming yeah so yeah we try to find a balance I'm I'm definitely we're not perfect at it we're not a perfect <laughs> couple but like it's we, hard uh, 
yeah I definitely think trying to find that balance is definitely key but yeah. we love it <laughs> exactly like I Andrew and I are in the same situation like I love that we both like work from home and we get to spend so much time together but we definitely are in the same boat where like it's hard for us sometimes to say like this is work time and like this is us time you know like even when we go out to dinner because he owns a pin business too so like you know we'll be out to dinner and he's like oh yeah like i'm gonna produce these pins and i'm like oh yeah i just got this collaboration and like we we can't like talk about anything else than work sometimes because like you know that's what we both own our own businesses you know as a small business owner your life obviously revolves around your business so it definitely can be hard i know even for us like he shoots all of my photos so like sometimes we'll go out and shoot and like we have different visions of what we want things to look like or what we expect things to look like and so that can be a hard point for us because i know like i have this idea in my head and and he's not a photographer like i i made him become a photographer but like you know I sometimes have to like remember that he doesn't share the same brain as me he thinks very differently than I you know like I'm very creative he's very like logistical so you know we have to try and find a good balance but definitely is worth like I think trying to figure out like what his strong suits are and what my strong suits are and find a good mix but again I would completely agree with you in saying that scheduling is really important even just like scheduling our shoots like when we go out into sh shoot you know like instead of just going out and like trying to drive around aimlessly looking for locations something that helps us not bicker while we're shooting is like if I go in and I know exactly where we're shooting exactly what I'm shooting so we can like have a very clear picture so I do a lot of scheduling before shoots and that helps us a lot yeah I think what you said about like not like you can't read each other's minds like you can't like know exactly what the other person's thinking or right. like also to like if someone does something and you're like I don't like it like talk about it rather than like being offended or like understanding like they're coming right. from a totally different place so yeah I definitely think like instead of butting heads trying to understand each other and try to understand where each other is coming from it's definitely key yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of trial and error. <laughs> You'll probably fight a lot before you find like a good balance <laughs> for anyone listening. Um, so like we said, you were an influencer or a content creator before you started your small business. What, so I know you said you wanted to have like more of a community, but like, was there a moment when you kind of like fell out of love with, with content creation or like, were there things about it that you just like, didn't really want to deal with anymore? Because I'm curious, working on, in social media as an influencer and working in social media as a small business owner, like obviously a big chunk of your business is still social media. So like, what would you say are the differences between social media as a business versus social media as an influencer? Like, what do you like, what are the pros and cons of each? Like, where where's the balance between the two of those? Because you've done both. Yeah, so I think honestly and personally, I just felt like I ran out of things to talk about as an influencer. I felt like I just, I mean, there was only so much I could talk about, like fashion or different things. Because yes, fashion is a huge passion of mine, but I also feel like I am such a homebody, like I am such a, like, I don't really travel that much. And I was just getting to a point where like, okay, I really don't want to keep shooting at the same like white wall. Like I really don't want to keep doing that anymore. So I just felt like, not like fell out of love because I do love like photography and fashion, all that stuff too. But 
it just became a point where I was like, I don't know what else to share. And I feel like with my business, there is just so much that I am like so passionate to talk about. Like I could literally talk about this like all day with you about my business. But when it came to like me and personally, I just felt like, I don't know, like I love like color. I love my cats. I love my boyfriend. I love being home, but I'm like, I don't know if there's necessarily, like, I don't know if I could build a career off of just things that I love and me personally. Um, so that's why I felt like I needed to find something else to mix in. And that's when I was like, Oh, I'm really passionate about business. I'm really passionate about making stuff. I'm really passionate about decorating and like designing and stuff like that. So I was like, how can I do that? And I was like, boom, that's my business. Like I can sell stuff, but I can also show behind the scenes because I think what now a lot of businesses are realizing is that you can't just be a business that shows off your products. You can't just be like, here's right. my product, buy from me. You have to have a personal touch. And a lot of people are now saying that like even bigger brands might start showing up on Instagram as John Smith rather than, yes. you know, um, the name of their uh, business, they might be showing up as a person rather than, you know, just this big brand, because people are starting to want more of a connection. They want to see yeah. behind the scenes, like, how cool would it literally be to see like, a day working at Ulta, or like a day working at here or a day working at this. And like, it's not just about like, here's a pretty flat lane, here's a picture. It's just like, we want to see more of behind the scenes. So I felt like I was able to talk more when I was showcasing my business rather than just showcasing myself. But I don't know, maybe one day I'll go back because it was really fun <laughs> yeah. to get free stuff and to get paid to go here or do that and shoot this and shoot that. But I just feel like focusing on both was really hard. So I had to pick one. Yeah. And what I felt most passionate about was my business. So that's why I picked that over. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like sometimes I almost go back and forth because like I have social me, but I also have my personal page. And it really is so hard to manage both. I'm thankful that I have an amazing uh, socials and marketing girl, Ella, that she does work on a lot of the social mates socials. Um, but even with her, it's still so much to deal with. And sometimes I'm like, I should just shut down my personal page and just go all in on my business. But I think about how much of my income comes from my personal page. And I'm like, I'm just not ready to get rid of that yet. So I'm kind of waiting until there's this like, tilt where like maybe Instagram influencing is slowing down a little bit and then maybe I'll switch over but I I toy with the idea a lot and I I think it's really cool that you actually like took that step and did that because I think at the end of the day it probably was the best thing you could have done like you're you're much happier you get to create all the time people wear stuff that you create like it's just such a cool feeling and you probably get so much fulfillment out of that versus influencing um, but I feel like for me, it's like a financial thing and I have to, I have to figure out the right time to make that decision. But one thing you did say that, uh, I think resonates with me and probably everyone listening is you said that you ran out of things to talk about and like every single one of my mentorship students, I have the same conversation with them. They're like, okay, well, you know, these are my content pillars, but like, like I just got nothing this week, <laughs> you know, like it really is hard to kind of be expected to be like this idea machine, especially when you're not really expected to take a lot of breaks, you know, like you're, you're almost supposed to be like this robot that just is consistently pumping out content or else your audience is going to get super upset and unfollow and leave, which is usually not the case. But, you know, you, you almost have this fear of 
becoming irrelevant, you know, like if you don't have enough to say and you don't have enough to post, even with like whatever Lola, do you ever feel like you get in that situation where you don't really have anything to say or is it easier because you have like, okay, well, I have a new product I can share or like I can show you a different way to wear this product. Is it a little bit easier as a business, would you say? Um, yes and no. I feel like, yeah, there are times where I just like don't want to show up or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to post or I don't know what to post. Like even today I was, I was going to, I was posting that we were, you know, meeting and having like a fun little record. And I was like going to post a selfie of me because I like got ready today. Yeah. And like, I thought it, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the way I look or I don't know like this and that. And it's just like, I think there becomes a time, like someone asked me before, they're like, how do you post like without feeling cringy or how do you post without like, like feeling confident and stuff? And just like, you just got to post. Like it's hard. There are times where like, I know that if I didn't post that TikTok because I thought it was cringy or I didn't post this because I thought it was boring or people wouldn't like it or something like that, like it wouldn't have gone viral. And like, it would have just been sitting there. Like it would have just been like a quote unquote waste if I didn't, if I let people thoughts and judgments hold me back so right there are plenty of pieces of content that you've posted that if you didn't post it you your business could literally not be here today exactly it definitely is about taking that first step for sure and I think you have to have like a lot a lot of confidence for that I mean even just owning a business and being like my product is good enough to to sell and for you to buy you know even especially with your products I actually um, I was thinking about you. Where was I the other day? I was at, so, oh, I was at a uh, world market. We were stopping by there. We were in the plaza and I went in there and I saw a little rainbow that looks exactly like the ones you create. And I was like, dude, this is crazy how, you know, like someone made this with their hands versus like, you know, this was mass produced and it sucks because a lot of the times that product is less expensive, but like, I think yeah. you having the balls to be like, I know my product is $10 more than this one and it looks very similar, but like you should buy this one because X, Y, and D, you know, do you ever have trouble with that? Like confidence piece of like telling people why you're worth it? Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely like, I definitely had this moment literally the other day where I was looking at my product and I'm like, this is a piece of yarn, but then I had to sit there and I was like, yes, but this piece of yarn that you're holding in your hand literally took you an hour to make. And like, and there's hundreds in my room right now. Like, so that's hundreds of hours that we spend working so, so, so hard on something that we're super passionate about. So yeah, I mean, there are definitely times where I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is worth it. Or I'll be like at my, I have a local shop now where I have like a little booth at. And like, there'll be times where I'm like marking the price and I'm like looking around like, ah, then I look at other prices and I'm like, know your worth girl like like you need to be charging more and I think like that's something that you also talk about a lot is just like knowing your worth and I think that's super important because I think once you're the person I mean obviously there's millions of people but like once you kind of take that step back and like lessen your worth then the generations follow so I think if we're not you know putting our foot down and being like all right this is how much we're worth this is how much we're charging then you're letting down so many other people behind you who are you know looking up to you so yeah, even though I do have those moments of doubt, it's just like, you got to know your worth. Like you got to, there's so much time that goes into this and I wouldn't be able to do this if I charged less. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's another great point too. I was actually just having this conversation with um, a couple of friends of mine have a podcast and I was on their podcast a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about like influencer pricing and how my, my job keeping things as transparent as possible is not just like 
so people will watch my videos and I can get views. Like me opening the door to the, what people can kind of see from my point of view as an influencer, talking about rates, talking about things like that will actually only help the whole industry. You know, like if someone who's charging $40 should be charging $400, then we all can justify our prices a little bit less if everyone's actually charging what they're worth. But sometimes it's difficult if, you know, like you're charging $400 and someone else is charging $100. How are you supposed to justify that $400 if you guys are like the same person, the same, you know, like it really yeah. does open up the door for making the whole industry better. You know, for us, like you said, generations after us who are in the same industry, like we're, I think for small businesses that really like came alive on social media, but also influencers, like I think it's a totally new situation in the last couple of years with people that are, you know, like opening the door for this to be more legitimate and like for people to make these kind of like side hustle style businesses become more of full-time businesses. Yeah. I mean, that's the key. Hopefully whenever yeah. we start. <laughs> exactly. Um, so with your business being like totally based on social media, I mean, not you have like, you have your shop and everything, but a lot of your business I'm sure comes from social media. So talking about like logistics and things like that on Instagram or on TikTok, do you feel like there's been like a shift for you in terms of like engagement and performance and all of those things? And if so, does that hurt or help your sales at all? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it was like three or four weeks ago. I don't know what was in the water, but Instagram like completely changed. I don't know what happened, but, um, cause there was a point where I got like, I don't even know, like so many views on a reel. And then like, I remember like the next day I posted something and it like tanked and I was like, what is this? And like, I posted more reels because we were supposed to post more, more reels. And I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. Reels not doing well. So I kind of just came to this point where I'm like, it's the holiday season. Like, I'm hoping that people are going to be super supportive of small businesses. And right. if my members don't, I definitely like this year, sales have not been like as high as they were last year. But I'm also like, last year was such a weird year for us. Like, with we TikTok, like, I don't know, like, these things were just so weird. And so many of my other friends, too. I think like, that's something that, um, influencers or small business owners like can we all can relate like we have each other to be like hey you're not alone um like I don't know I just feel like we all kind of stick together and we're like it's not you like my numbers have been right. the same way so I talked to my friends and they're like yeah it's been weird this year like sales have been weird like a lot of people are waiting for Black Friday which like a lot of small businesses aren't even having a Black Friday so yeah it's tough but I definitely say like don't let Instagram's numbers like bring you down because it's it's happening for everyone like it's it's weird I just right. yeah yeah we have to unfortunately evolve to the changes or don't and then get off the platform <laughs> you know like you kind of just have to roll with the punches I'm very like brutally honest maybe too brutal but I'm just like we can't like the more you talk about the algorithm I feel like the more like the frequency that you're on I, like Sonia talks about this all the time which is like you can't yeah. grow from like a frequency of being like Instagram hates me like it's so unfair like I'm getting all this blah 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 it's just like yeah just it let what the it water is. brush away like you know like it is what it is yeah so it's tough yeah. but we're all you going through you gotta just deal with it yeah it's, it's unfortunately just one of those like inevitable things 
Um, so as a small business owner versus as an influencer, I know as an influencer, there's such a responsibility to spend a lot of time, like interacting with your followers and engaging, you know, there's like that unspoken rule of 30 minutes before you post and 30 minutes after you post, like all of these things that, you know, like are supposed to help our numbers, but also, I mean, at the end of the day, it's to build our community. Do you feel like as a small business owner, like, do you spend about the same time, amount of time, like interacting with your audience as a small business owner versus as an influencer? Or uh, do you feel like one was a little bit more or a little bit less? I mean, yeah, I'm definitely on my phone a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. always like, um, throughout the day, I'm kind of like managing my time between like actually physically working and then like being on my phone. I saw this thing where I was like, even though I'm on my phone, I'm still working. Like, so it is true. Like I do engage a lot. I definitely try to be like in the DMs because I feel like, I don't know why I've noticed this trend. You've talked about it a lot too. It's just like yep. when you're interacting with people's DMs, like they show up and like, I'll be talking to someone that I'm following and then their post will show up. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely like a key sign that DMs are super important and that you should try to like keep up and stay up with your DMs as much as possible. Um, but I also think like just creating content that is, um, that people can respond to, like, you know, like creating stuff that people can interact with and feel involved. Like when I'm making something new, like, hey, do you like this or do you like that? And people will be like, oh, but you should just like do whatever you love. And yes, it is true. Like you should definitely at the end of the day, do what you love, but people love to feel like they're involved. They love to feel like they are a part of what you're doing and what you're putting out there. So, and that's what I was saying earlier. It's like when I was showcasing a lot of girls at the beginning, like they felt like super important and super, like they were super excited to be on my page. And like, I feel like that's definitely something that I need to incorporate more is involving people even more. Um, But yeah, definitely interacting and making content that is super interactable and gets people involved and wanting polls are super cool. I feel like a lot of people underestimate like the power of polls, Um, but yeah. Yeah. Engagement, more of the story, the engagement is definitely very important as a small business owner or as an influencer. Um, So I do want to ask you also about a time back when you were on the more like influencer content creator side. So you had this kind of transition from being into like really creative photography with like the cool edits and all that. And then I remember there was this shift you had talked about it where you were just like, you know what? I just want to be like more casual. I want to be more myself. Like, I don't want to feel the pressure to have to like, again, go out to a white wall and then edit this and da da da. Like, and you transition to this more like relaxed, casual style of content. Was that like the scariest thing ever for you? Because sometimes I think about that and I'm like, I would love to just like take iPhone pictures and just do what feels right in the moment. But like, I'm way too hooked on like, the idea that my feed has to look a certain way. So was that really scary for you? Like, do you notice that like things changed for you, good or bad? Like, how did you kind of like deal with your feels in that section of your journey? I mean, it definitely was a point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not like Instagram is or influencing or my personal page. I'll call it my personal page because that's pretty yeah. much what it is. But my personal page, I'm not like I'm not making money from this anymore. Like this is not my form of income I was like this is where I'm going now is my small business so a lot of my focus went on there and I wouldn't say that it's not that I like didn't want to be creative or post these things anymore I just felt like 
there was a time where I just wasn't posting because I was waiting for that perfect shot or I was waiting for that perfect this or this perfect that and I feel like when you are creative it's not that you want to okay I have to be perfect all the time but it's like it is your portfolio like there is so much that you want to showcase as like your best work and you're kind of like living I feel like I was kind of trying to up every single photo that I did I was like okay how can I it was like at a point where people were like how far can I kick my leg up or how many hats can I wear on my head or how many you know colors can I have in this or that and so it came a point where like it wasn't even about anyone else it was about myself and it was like why am I torturing myself and you know, making myself go through this when it's not even like something that I'm super passionate about. Like, I'm like, I have my business. I have something else that I'm super passionate about. And so instead of just not posting for weeks after weeks after weeks, I was like, all right, I have the steady income. I have my job. I'm just going to post what I love. Does that mean that I would be able to go back into full-time influencing with the way I'm posting now? Probably not. I don't know. But at least my mental health is definitely like... (laughs) not um in shambles basically. yeah <laughs> so, so I definitely think like if you're if you're wanting to transition I don't know I don't know the answers it's hard it is really hard I think like because you can also be super upset if you're not financially stable and you don't have like these jobs coming sure. in from influencing so I don't know the answers <laughs> but um I will say that I definitely I definitely like what I do more as like a creative director for my um business so yeah <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense so my last question for you if you had to give like one solid piece of advice to someone who is in your situation that you were in before COVID, there are maybe influencers who who are just not feeling it, but they know they want to do something online and they're thinking about starting a business. Like, what would you tell them? Um, so you, you're an influencer and you want to start a business. Yep. Okay. I would say <laughs> take everything that you know from being an influencer, find what find what your main purpose of the business is so whether you're going to be product based or you're going to be a coach or whatever and really try to combine the two and it's not as hard as you think because you have so many tools in your toolbox as being an influencer I feel like a lot of people don't realize like so much of what I do on my business is literally just influencing but it's now using my um products and my brand as the face of the um, of my account. So I will say <laughs> just taking everything that, you know, and putting 110% into it and not being afraid and not letting one bad sale or one bad, you know, launch or one bad restock really bring you down. I think a lot of times, like when that happens, you're like, why me? I suck this is over, like, this is the end. And I think like the biggest um, advice I will give for someone who's like feeling in that place is like, try to turn it around and be like, maybe it's not me, but it's you. And looking at your audience and kind of being like, maybe my audience is just not understanding what I'm putting out there. Maybe my audience is just not understanding or not getting what this product is about. Like I've had people message me like, oh, I thought that was a pillow and it was a bag. So I'm like, okay, maybe they don't need this, but they need that. That's why they aren't buying. So I think a lot of times, like when you start off or when you, you know, get your, you start off doing something, you're like, all right. And it goes wrong. You're like, all right, I'm a failure. But really it's just like turning it around and being like, maybe it didn't work this way. Let me try this way. 
So yeah. don't give up. Lots you of trial and error. Yeah, use your tools in your little influencing toolbox and you got this. And message me and I'll support you. <laughs> Yay, I love that. So, okay, that was amazing. I feel like I actually got a lot of, I, every time I get out of one of these podcast interviews, I'm just like, I need to go like redo my entire business. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing, amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. But yeah, it's always like very inspiring to kind of hear what other people have gone through and all of that. So for anyone who is not already following you, hasn't already seen all your lovely products and everything, where can people find you? And do you have any like cool new things coming up that you want people to know you about? Um, okay. Well, I'm on social media, obviously. Yes. Um, Instagram is just um, whatever Lola with a V-A and then Lola. Me and Jake want to start a podcast, possibly, possibly. We don't know. I literally bought him a second mic and I'm like, you're doing this with me. Like we want to do it together. But um, I don't know. You tell me, is it hard? Is it easy? It's okay. So a free tip for anyone who's listening and you're, you're going to love this. So when I first started Social Scoop, I was like preparing myself to spend just like hours editing and like, you know, that was yeah. going to be like the big undertaking. I'm not even kidding you. The recording of the podcast is what takes me the longest because I use this editing app, I guess it is, um, called Descript, D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. It's out of control. So what it will do, like after I record this video, I basically like drag and drop the video into the program and it transcribes everything we've said. So like, if I want to take out, like every time I said, um, or like, if like, you know, I said something that I didn't mean to say, and I want to take that out. I literally can delete the word and it will delete it out of the video and the audio. It's okay, crazy. Please, please take out every time I said like, or, um, too, <laughs> while you're at it. Yeah. It's like the coolest thing ever though. So editing takes like almost no time with Descript. So yeah, if you're worried about it being like time, a big time commitment with like with Descript, it will not be, it will be much more manageable. So yeah, you should totally start it. It will be worth it. You'll love it. Do you have any restocks coming up? I definitely think we're gonna have a Black Friday sale possibly and just kind of like getting rid of all of the stuff that we had from this year. Yeah. So I definitely want to start making some new stuff next year's. Yay. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on everyone. Go give whatever Lola and Nat a follow. Yeah. I mean, she said it, reach out to her if you need help with anything. Same with me. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.